0: Welcome to At the Table
1: with Darlene. Thank you for joining us this evening at the table with Darlene. We are so glad that you have tuned in and we have a really exciting uh, program for you. As always, we're so thankful when we have special guests and uh, maybe I shouldn't say special guests because we always have special guests around this table even if it's the usual uh real quickly right across from me is chris chris we're always thankful you're here
0: i'm glad to be here
1: There's only s-
0: one i've been i missed
1: i know you only missed one yeah did? well, you didn't miss one did you
0: it's one of the conference i can't oh let it go. that's
1: right oh my mm-hmm. goodness I, it's true i forgot about that did you listen to it yes what did you think? It was good. Did it? It would have been better if I was there. I but know. It was pretty good. I agree. It was so dramatic. Yeah. I know. And we really we felt like we would lost something. But you were gone somewhere. You flew somewhere. I don't somewhere. even think you missed me. But anyway, yeah, we did too. The beautiful of woman we did. to my left. Yes, the beautiful lady sitting next to you, the dream girl that you found in life, and we're so thankful that you did. Jessica, we're glad you're here tonight, hon. Thanks. Thanks for joining us again, and I know your sidekick, which is Tiffany, her chair her. is empty. Mm. I know. Her chair is empty tonight. But anyway, we do have something really special that our guests are going to enjoy, and we have the privilege, aren't you glad for modern technology, It is Chris. Because we have the honor and privilege to have, right in front of me, because I can see her and she can see me, all the way from Israel, we have Kyra. And Kyra, what is your last name? Niebuhr. How do you spell that? N-I-E-B-U-R. I-N-B-U-R. N-I-D-E-R. Okay, you got it, so you'll get it right on the program. There you go. Into the details. Well, welcome, Kyra. We're so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. This is really special
0: for me, too. Well, uh, and it is, um, what, 1240,
1: 1245? Mm-hmm, 1245 a.m. A.m. in Israel. So thank you for staying up for us and talking okay. with us. This young lady, I was privileged to get to meet her not personally but I have met her by video and by talking on the phone. Uh we mm-hmm. have someone in common that we both uh know very well and that is my grandson Corey. Uh she is his mm-hmm. friend and uh you all met in Tennessee, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah Nashville. Yeah a few years well, ago. Franklin. Franklin, yeah. right. A few years ago. And mm-hmm. uh What really helped my interest and what really got our conversation started was because of Women Around the World Ministries, and Corey was so excited, Kyra, about what you are doing in Israel, and so he sent me a video uh, about the work that you're involved in, and so I was like, oh, we got to get her on our program so you can tell us a little bit about what you're doing, and so Mm -hmm. welcome tonight.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
1: Uh, the organization that you're working for, if I'm right, it's Red Carpet a Center. Is yep. that correct?
0: It's a Red Carpet, yeah. We call it Red Carpet or Red Carpet Nail Center. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: So how did you but, all come up with that name?
0: So the name started because it initially started from a group of women about maybe 12 years ago, that were going to this area in Tel Aviv, which is not the capital of Israel, but it is the biggest city and the most modern city in Israel. Um, so this group of women were were just going to the streets and just ministering to the to the prostitutes, to the homeless prostitutes um, that were just living on the streets. Almost all of them are involved in drugs. Um, and they would just go minister and talk to the women. And, and they wanted to reach the women more. And they realized that a lot of these women, like, whether it's their feet, because they don't have shoes, you know, they have their, their nails are in horrible condition, and their hands as well. So they just set up a table, and that's how they started there. They set up a table, and they would just offer manicures. And, you know, it was very basic. None of them had, like, any background in any kind of, you know, beauty or salon treatment. So they just would, like, put nail polish on and wash their feet, stuff Aww. like that. So that's where the nail center came in. But the when we actually finally got a place, got a center – Um, We called it the red carpet because we wanted every woman that walks into the center to feel like she's walking in on a red carpet and that she deserves to be on a red carpet, whether it's coming in or out. But just the concept of just having these women know that they're walking in and they're worth, you know, they have the value and the worth. So That's awesome. That's the name kind of combined. Isn't
1: that beautiful? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was so exciting to me when I uh, have kind of looked up uh, you know, and tried to find out a, a little more about the center. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, the lady that started the ministry, what is her first name? Her name
0: is Amat. Emma. She's
1: Israeli, Amat. Amat. Mhm.
0: A A-N-A-T.
1: Anat. Emma? Mm-hmm. A-N-A-T. I, okay, Amat. I listened to her today. I was just kind of watching and I looked at the kind of the Esther. Um, I, I don't know if you'd call it a project, but the gentleman that was yeah. going around and and uh, talking to different ministries that were in Israel, which is amazing. But uh, mm-hmm. he was talking about her, and when she first got started, uh, I don't know. Do you know that story well about? I the, do. Yeah. Would you tell me about? Tell us about that story. Yeah, it's exactly, it's a it's a
0: beautiful story actually
1: um so it
0: started so i'm not the lady that started the red carpet before she started the red carpet she was running a pro-life ministry in israel and um i don't know if much people know what goes on in israel but um abortion is very common here it's very popular it's provided government funded it's very easy and especially in prostitution that's one of the first things that's offered to you so um, she was she was working. She started this organization, this pro-life organization, and one of the social workers that was working in South Tel Aviv with the street prostitutes. One of the women she was helping was a pregnant prostitute, and this woman wanted to keep her child, so she didn't know what to do because they usually the organizations will usually offer abortions right away, especially if she's in prostitution, especially if she's homeless. So. The social worker was a believer, and she called a knock, and she said, I have this woman here. She's pregnant, and could you come down and meet her? So she goes down, and this is her first time going down there into this area. She didn't have any background in working with women in prostitution. But she went down there, and she met with this woman, and this woman that was pregnant, and she was still on heavy drugs and still working in prostitution. She went and sat with her in her room where she was working, and they got to talking, and this woman said she wanted to keep her baby so they helped her out through this whole process of keeping her baby and her baby was born, you know, an addict to her and the baby had the addiction syndrome. And, but they kept, they helped this woman and they walked through this process with her. And I think as she would go visit this prostitute almost every week or every other week, she'd visit her, visit the baby, make sure everything's okay. And then after the baby was born, the, she wanted to keep her parental rights, but socially she couldn't, so social services took the baby, but they worked with her to help her face clean so that she could get rights to visit her child. And just this whole process kind of opened up her eyes to see what was going on in that area and what, what it was like there for women. Um, so that's kind of how she got started. And then they just started, they were so moved by what was happening there that they just started prayer walks before they even started the table for the nails. They just started prayer walks for years. Actually, I think they did about two or three years where they just did a lot of prayer walks once a month, once every two weeks group of three or four women just faithfully did that and then it slowly moved up to the table and slowly we got our own center.
1: She was uh, on, on one of the videos that I listened to she was sharing about how one of the women did not trust her and how she would go and and bad mouth her mm-hmm. and uh you know and she wasn't <laughs> sure what to do about it but she just kept doing what she was doing and and the Lord just told her that that is like Mary Magdalene and that you're mm-hmm. to love her. And, and, uh, that just yeah. was such a, uh, touching story of how that she got started. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. No, loving,
0: loving is basically what we do there. I kind of always say that it's the best, like my job working there is one of the best jobs because I, li- I, li- we literally just go and love these women and it's it's the best.
1: That's so cool. Well, tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about uh, your life, uh, your, your background. Tell us a little bit about your parents and what they do.
0: Uh, so, it's so hard to summarize it into such a small story because we have a, my parents have a crazy story, and, but it's, I'll try to keep it quick. Um, my dad is American, and my mother is Armenian from Turkey. They met in Turkey, and very shortly, through a translator and through this God appointment, the Lord told my father that he was going to marry my mother just during a random prayer meeting. He was there on a mission trip and, or a Bible study trip, and then he, he went to the church. Mother was at that church, and their team just prayed over all, the, all these single people. And when he put hands on my mother, he felt like the Lord said, this is going to be your wife. He took his hands off and said, I must be crazy. This can't be, you know, I'm a single man praying over a single woman, you know, and she's a very beautiful woman. Um, But a few people kept confirming it to him. And then through a translator, he proposed to her and said, I feel like the Lord is telling me to marry you. And if you marry me, we're going to travel. We're going to follow the Lord where he leads us in the Middle East. And my mother said she felt the peace of the Lord. And so she said yes. And they got married through a translator. And so that's wow. kind of like, that is the base of my life. That's where, that's, that's the kind of family that I've drawn into is a family full of faith, a family that, you know, follows the word of the Lord and goes where the Lord tells them. So we as a family moved to Israel in 1992. Uh, I was two years old and I had, my siblings were already born. And I had a sister born here. We moved here and we grew up here in Israel Israel being the base of my family's work, my parents work with um, just pastors and churches and community building around the Middle East, mainly in um, Southeast Turkey. And so we just grew up traveling in the Middle East, but Israel being our home base, we're citizens, we're, we're Israeli. So I grew up here mostly, and then just traveling around the Middle East, Egypt, Turkey, spent extensive time in Turkey because of my mother's family, Jordan, Cyprus, So like the this is my area, and that's kind of how I grew up here in, in that kind of atmosphere. And then, yeah, when I was 18, I joined the military, and then after the military, uh, it's mandatory year, and then after the military, it's kind of more of a season for me of searching God, so that's kind of where I, I found my personal place with the Lord. Wow. Yeah.
1: That is A really quick awesome. summary. <laughs> Wow! Well, what a great summary, though. Oh, yes. So good. Mm-hmm. So, how long are you required to be in the military? Uh, two years. Two years. Yeah. yeah. Girls do two years, and guys do three. Wow! And so now mm-hmm. you are—you're in college still.
0: I'm in college. So we, because we do the military at a young age, most most of these will do college much later in life. So. I did, I started a little later, but yeah, I'm in college. I'm studying psychology and criminology.
1: That is and so. Cool.
0: Hopefully, finishing by the summer.
1: Good for you. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Yeah. Ama- that's pretty amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, tell me uh, now that we kind of know a little bit about your parents, a little bit about you, which I- I'm sure there's so many, many streams to your story that that just. The listeners would find fascinating, I know, Uh, but I'd I'd like to know a little bit about what you do on a daily basis uh, Mm -hmm. in your country with the, you know, with the job that you have. Tell us a little bit about what you do. So,
0: with my, so I work with the red carpet. It's it's the red carpet nail center for women in prostitution on the streets, homeless women. Um, Majority of them are on drugs, heavy drugs. And so we just have this day center for them where they can come in and just have a break from the streets, have a moment of rest, a moment of peace, and also a moment of refreshing. Um, a lot of them don't have access to showers and bathrooms and clean clothes and and just all the basics that we kind of just forget that we even own because we it's just in our everyday. So we try to provide everything that we can for them, um, clean underwears, Shampoo, conditioners, stuff they can take with them, clean clothes, meals. And then, of course, we have the hair and nail station. And it's, it is, you know, mostly is just for them and for the beauty and, you know, to have them feel like women. But it also has to do a lot with just touch as well and just giving them healthy touch and an environment where they can be held. We um, you know when you're doing someone's hands and their nails, you kind of have to hold their hands. And a lot of times I find that when I'm doing their nails, they actually grip my hand. Um, a lot of times when you're doing their hair, they fall asleep. And so you just kind of slowly put them in a position. And, or some don't sleep on the streets and don't have that moment of rest. Because when you're on your streets, you can't just put your head back and relax. You know, it's, it's a very tough environment. You're on, on like, survive, beyond survival, you know. So sleeping good isn't an option, so we have beds, so you kind of help someone get into bed and just, if you need to, massage them until their body relaxes enough to sleep. So that's kind of, we just kind of try to create just a very safe environment for them for a few hours just to come in and rest. So we do that during the day, and then we have a night um, night outreach where during the nights we just, we go out to the streets more. It started during actually COVID because there was lockdown and we couldn't let the women inside. So we we didn't have when when we were going out them we couldn't really reach them. We didn't have that the table where they can sit and eat with us. The stations where you have one on time with that we didn't have that with them. Hmm. So we really wanted that again. So we started the night outreach and we would just go around at night and just kind of find the women, the alleys, the rooms, the streets that they were working at, and just sit with them. We took food with us because it's always a great food is always needed but it was more about the connection so you just find them sit sit with these women that we've known for years but you know didn't want to lose connection because we didn't let them into the center because of covid so that opened up a whole new avenue for us because when we were going out we were reaching more women in rooms whereas before the women would just come to us and generally the women that were working in the rooms which are more like more like brothels like um, kind of things, um, they wouldn't come to us because they're kind of like up on a higher level, and they didn't really need anything from us. But because now we're going out, so we're knocking on the doors, checking in, and we just we started this friendship. And there's just one, there's just one street with so many doors. The whole street, on both sides of the street, is just doors four door, doors. And every time you walk into a door, you know there's the women sitting on the couch, and then there's like five or six more doors inside with rooms. So there's a bunch of women there that we've never been able to reach and had no interest in, in us, but now we've been able to talk with them, to sit with them, to wow. build friendships with them. Um, some we pray with, some we just catch up with, and just build a friendship with them, and it's it's been really amazing.
1: Oh, that is that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. so, Kyra, you got to get to do that you got to go out and and to Mm -hmm. personally touch these ladies in the midst of uh, of a crazy time of life and they were very a lot more vulnerable at that time Mm -hmm. and and so that's beautiful now if i understand correctly from the last time i talked with you your center just reopened and you had some new things in there tell me Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so before COVID, um, we had a center, and our center was, it's on the main street where all this, it's kind of like a red light district, but, so we were on the street, but then you had to go down underneath some stairs, and we're kind of like in a basement apartment, and like, it was falling apart. There were rats in there, the ceiling was dropping, the piping from the people upstairs kept bursting, it was, it was a mess, and we just decided we need to move out. And the moment we decided to move out, lockdown hit. And so it actually times perfectly because we moved into a new place, but it needed to be renovated. And we kept thinking, how are we going to do this? How, what are we going to do with this gap? And then lockdown hit, but the workers were allowed, allowed to come and work. So during the whole lockdown period, we got to renovate this new place,
1: awesome. continue
0: our ministry because we anyways couldn't let the women inside. So we kept going out to the women and just taking food and bags of clothes with us out to the women during this time and it got renovated. And then now that now we reopened with a bigger center, with more stations, um, more to offer to the women. And, and now they can also come inside. And so it's been beautiful. Like watch these women come in. So for a year, nobody came in and, wow. and they they always peek at the door and like, when is it open? We want to see it. We want to come in. And, and, and it's been really fun watching the women come inside. They get so excited to see it. And, yeah, it's it's so much more now that it's been closed for a year, and and now they can come in, and we're offering a lot more. And we have much more space, and everything's clean, and it's above ground, and there's natural light, and <laughs> all these small things. Um, but but yeah, it's been really really good um, having the women back inside. You know, I think for us as a staff, it's been a little bit of a you know, it's like it's a muscle we haven't used for a while, you know, having everybody, cause we're about five or six staff and you can get waves of like 20 girls coming in and, and everybody's having something happening that day. And either, you know, she was, her life was spent or she's on drugs or she's, she hasn't had drugs in a while. Like, so everything that's on the street comes inside. So it's like we're relearning again, the flow and how to communicate, set the boundaries. And, but at the same time, like we've, we all realize like we're like we're like kind of like love deprived like we haven't given this is what we do our staff has been there for 10 plus years and this is what we do we do the, we do the service for these women we haven't done it for years so we're all we're all like riding on this really great cloud we love it it's
1: it's been great that yeah. is just so beautiful wow what a what a god way to show love to these women Oh, uh, yeah. you, did you find that there were several that came in now that wouldn't have come before after you going and visiting them personally? Yeah,
0: so I did the round. So the other day we opened and it's not all the women know. Generally, most of them don't even know what day of the week it is. So we'll just remind them. Well we usually did that before COVID. If the center was really quiet, we kinda of do a walk around the neighborhood and it's kinda of like, Hey, we're open, come have a cup of coffee with us or you know, would you like your nails done today? We have someone that's professional. And just kinda of like remind the women. So I the other day I walked around the neighborhood just especially to the rooms where we the women in the rooms and I I knocked and most said no, you know, it was back it felt like it was back to what it was for. And most of them did say no, you know we can't leave our room now or, you know, we can't come. But there's a woman uh, that that for about four, I've known her for four years, but for four years I've asked her to come. And and every time it's the same, so she can't come. Someone broke the lock in her room or someone, a client stole her money, or there was always some kind of like uproar and she just, she couldn't leave the corner. It was always the same story. Um, but during the last year, we've really kind of like, talked with her more spent more time especially during the night because the nights is when we just kind of went to to hang out to just be there with them so we were never a rush in the evenings when we'd go out so we kind of like built more of a relationship with her so I went out and I saw her and I was like hey you know do you want to come She's like, no but did you bring me anything I was like no I didn't because we have the center it's open now so if you want to come we have everything that you you need like all that she asked me for I was like, I don't have them with me, but they're at the center if you want to come with me. And she's like, okay, I'll come. And I, was, I didn't think about it until months later in the day, but I was like, okay, come on, let's go. So I walked back with her and, and she came in and we had a very, really good conversation, which I've never had with her. But it was just, and then it hit me later. I was like, wow, for four years, oh. I've tried to get this lady to come. And she finally came. It was, and she came in and she's like, I don't know why I never came before. This is my first time here. I can't believe I didn't come before. And she just, you know, we did her hair, we did her nails, fixed mm-hmm. her eyebrows. But she, she was just, it was I, for, for me, yeah, it doesn't sound like much because it's, you know, one woman. But for me, it was. It sounds it, that was
1: too amazing. Crazy, and it's still exciting. Yeah. Well, I think it's very exciting. And it just shows you that in the middle of pandemic, in the middle of situations. And one of the things that we've talked a lot about, Around the table is is how we've seen God move in such mighty beautiful ways during the time mm-hmm. that that so many felt like they lost hope. God just had a has a way of getting hope to his people and, yeah. and to to those that don't even know that they're god's creation and and yeah. to h- hear the beautiful stories of of you ladies that walk in the street and going out there where they lived. And, and letting them know that you still cared, and mm-hmm. now they're still on that journey with you, and so no, yeah. that that's beautiful because that's got how God works. He works with one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, yeah, yeah. That's, that's something else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is so cool. Uh, so I was. We, uh, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, like, our, we talked about it um, with some of the younger staff because we've been there's, there's, there's lady that started and her, um, one or two other ladies that started with her that they're, you know, they're, they're the mothers, like all the women know them cause they've been there for 10, 12 years. Like, so they have their place known, but during COVID, it was a lot of us younger, girl, younger staff that took more of a permanent role. And then through the nights and through these outreaches, now that we're open, when they come in, we feel like they can, and know us more and they and can't like it. we've 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 been able to build that relationship through the through the COVID and through showing up consistently and through um just being there all the time we feel like we've been able to build enough of a relationship with them that they like they walk in and usually they walk through the door and without even they don't care who's in front of them but they'll they'll come in the door and shout i I need this and I need that like that is- and they don't care <laughs> and now they walk in and they see us and so for us it's been also just the COVID for us for our younger like Yet the younger generation it's been for us it's been a very special time of just building and connecting and making those connections with the women
1: what a what a beautiful ministry I just from the just mm-hmm. from the short video that I got to watch when Corey first sent it to me it just excited me to mm-hmm. know uh, that you all are reaching the women that don't feel like they have any hope they don't feel like they have a future. And so that is just mm-hmm. to me is so beautiful. And then today I was listening to that Esther project, and and was listening to different ones of the the women. Yeah, there there's quite a group uh, of women's ministries in Israel. Yeah, that that mm-hmm. are and especially one that I was listening to, they really really work uh, with the girls a lot. That. Uh, would have the abortions rather than uh, because they are mm-hmm. prostitutes or whatever. And so they didn't feel like mm-hmm. they have any way out. And yeah. I just think that's just such beautiful stories.
0: There are, yeah, I know there's some amazing women working around us and everyone's just in a different area and a different part of these women's journey. It's beautiful to see that just along every step of the journey, there's, there's a ministry or an organization or another person just working alongside because you know you realize that the journey is is so long for some of these women it's not not so simple and it's not just one part there's so so many aspects so it's encouraging to know that during all these times there's just these like strong women that are just walking it out with them in different stages and it's encouraging
1: yeah that is so cool Mm -hmm. so how is uh are things going in israel right now in the country itself with COVID and with COVID,
0: it's it's COVID. It's getting a little bit better. I mean, we've had I don't know how many people follow news, but we basically most people have been vaccinated, and they made it very hard for you to move around if you weren't vaccinated. So it came around to the fact that it just most people have been vaccinated. So the numbers have been dropping. Things are slowly opening up. This week they removed the masks, so if, out in public you don't have to wear masks anymore. Really? Which is, so enjoyable, wow. especially since we have a heat wave hitting right now, and masks are not nice in the in the summer. Um, so that's that's been encouraging. It feels like things are slightly lifting up, moving forward. Um, you know, we've had uh, with the government, it's been a little bit tricky because of just elections. We've not been able to form a normal government. So we've in the last two years, we've gone through four elections, possibly a fifth one coming up if they can't form anything soon again. So that kind of is shaking the country. But all in all, it's, it's good here. It feels like, yeah, things are moving forward. And there's talk about borders being opened again. Oh, well, that's tourists good. And being allowed in. Which is very encouraging. We're, it is. We're a small country that functions off a lot of, you know, tourism is a main part of our economy. So it's good to have that back. Right. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm.
1: that, that all sounds good. And, and I, I'm sure that that a lot of countries hopefully will open their borders soon. I don't know, but, but that sounds too. really good. Uh, and not having to wear the mask, I like that, don't you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds good that mm-hmm. you're actually, so it's a country, the the mandate is lifted off the whole country. Mm-hmm.
0: That's yeah. really cool. You still have to wear them in closed spaces, and there's still some limitations on gathering indoors, but most of it is being lifted slowly.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is so cool. Well, that's good okay. news, and that helps people get out mm-hmm. more and be able to go about their mm-hmm. their regular everyday. Uh, yeah, we're we're hoping that in maybe this year, who knows, we'll get to come over to Israel. Never yeah. been there yet. Have you guys been?
0: Oh Chris, no, I want to be really bad.
1: Never yeah. been. I know you guys try. Well, you guys gotta come. Now's yeah. the time. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is the church like in Israel right now, like the Christian church? Is there like a, a movement of churches being built and planted or are there? What, what what's the status of that? Yeah. So the church in Israel is more, it's called Messianic, the Messianic movement. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Jewish-Israeli believers. It's a very young movement. I think it's, you know, maybe like in Israel, it really started growing, I think, you should definitely fact check me on this one, but I'm gonna say about like 40 years. Maybe it's very young, young church, but been growing. Um, I would say, I think this is, I think the numbers are on like 35,000 out of seven million of the population in Israel. Wow. Or maybe wow. I think we're eight million now, so we're, we're small, but um, but that's the more the Messianic Israeli Jewish believers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's slowly growing. I would say um, every city has about a church. And then the big cities have, um, I would say, maybe like five, 10 congregations. But like around the world, you know, um, concerts of church and congregation kind of got hit during COVID, especially here. The lockdowns were very strict. Were they? So everything went on to Zoom. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm.
0: All like I, there was during, we've had three lockdowns and lockdown, like you can't leave your house, lockdowns. Oh. And some were for a month and longer. And then we're still restricted on gathering for a certain number. So everything like this last year, I think everyone's kind of been hit with the challenge of like how to keep your church going and how to keep your community going when everyone's so isolated. But yeah, it's a, it's a small group, but it's growing. And I mean, I remember when I was younger, when I would tell people I'm Messianic and they're like, what's that? And now when I tell people, I'm like, I'm Messianic, they like, Oh, I have a friend that was in the Army or I had someone in high school that was in these, and then the funny thing is most likely we kind of know each other if we're in the same age group or mm-hmm. <laughs> that small but wow. um yeah, so and um you have a wide variety of of as far as like um we don't really have denominations, I think, but you have a wide variety of like congregations that are more leaning on the Jewish side. there's some that are much more lean. Towards like more mainstream Christianity, you have like you have like in all congregations and gatherings, you have a wide range of of expressions. That's cool. But yeah, messianic is it's more just rooted in the
1: Jewish roots. Yeah, that's cool. It is Mm -hmm. very much so. So, uh, can I ask you what kind of church you go to? I mean, are you more on the older or or
0: I it's a, it's really funny I'm not an example for most messianicism because I actually joined um and when I can uh, attend an anglican church here in Jerusalem it's, a, it's more of a I don't know how to explain it but it's um it's an anglican church here in Jerusalem that that I find that very beautifully connects the jewish storyline with the new testament and kind of honors you know, they, they, it's beautiful how they say, you know, we're not Jewish and we're not trying to be Jewish, but we acknowledge like the Jewish roots of our faith uh-huh. and we're still, but we still, you know, we're not Jewish, but we still have a place in God's heart and God's kingdom. And so I really like that. And I've, I've enjoyed the Anglican kind of more liturgy, and, um, I think they're called confessing Anglicans. I think that's what they're called. Um, confessing but is yeah. that what you
1: said, confessing.
0: Yeah, Confessing okay. Anglicans. Okay. Yeah.
1: That is so, so interesting. Love it, it is, yeah. That is that is so cool. It's it's always mm-hmm. good to know, and and I I'm glad you asked that uh, question, Chris, because it's just so interesting to, I mean, I know in talking to you, I I feel the the you know the spirit connection for sure, and but it's just really mm-hmm. so good to to hear what's going on in your country, and
0: yeah it's
1: an interesting time to be here, for sure. Yeah, I think we will all look back, and I, I think even the children are going to look back on these days. And and even though they were hard times, I feel like a lot of good is coming out of this time. I mm-hmm. think we realize more yeah. than ever how much we need God. And, yeah, absolutely. And I think just the example of the story that you told us of how the ministry that you're involved in has been working and going out Mm -hmm. and reaching in. And it, it really changed the face of, of the red carpet and the women that were Mm -hmm. involved because you went to them. And, uh, I I think that that means a lot. I I know, you know, for us in, in the U S you know, very different than it would be in your country. But one of the things that I thought was really, really, that I think back to the days when we didn't congregate, but we were doing, you know, just the live video only uh, services. But everyone tried to really connect hard with, you know, with the people in the church. We all tried really hard to, Mm -hmm. to make those connections and, and, And you found out during that time uh, how strong the connections were and how much we missed everyone and appreciated everyone. And and I feel Mm -hmm. like that during that time, you know, there was a lot of strengthening that come. And it sounds like in your ministry that 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 it happened. And I think that's what God wants us all to see, that he was still good in the midst of all of Mm -hmm. it absolutely yeah that's so exciting to hear that yeah. in spite of all of it you you ladies you knocked it out of the park sounds like to me
0: yeah we we always joke we're like, we didn't really feel the lockdowns because we got you know we got um passes to go through all the lockdowns to tell us so, and our and our work increased and you know all we could say is like thank you god like we weren't expecting it. We always wanted to do more, but we weren't really expecting and I don't think we really expected that it would be during this time that we'd really be able to take off and just forgot to expand a lot of different avenues of our work, but it worked great. And I mean, we, we just, a lot of times just sit back and we just are blown away by if it's provision or if it's opportunities or if it's, you know, those small little miracles that, you know, most people won't notice, but like, we know, we know them, like we know these women's stories and we know when there's a small, like it seems small, but it's a huge victory. But all these things is gathering up during a time where, you know, it wasn't easy for a lot of people. And it was a really hard time for a lot of people, but for us, it was just an explosion. And you can, I can just say, thank you, God. Like,
1: yeah, you, you can't yeah. De- you can't deny what God God did through it, even though it was hard mm-hmm. times. It wasn't the best of times in one way, but in other ways mm-hmm. it was the best of times. Isn't that amazing how God can do that? It, it is. Yeah, it, it, we learn the most during those times. We see his goodness and the faithfulness and and the encouragement mm-hmm. that has come out of the time that we all got to live in and we got to be part yeah. of his plan to to reach others and so Kyra mm-hmm. I I am so honored of God to have this opportunity to uh, have mm-hmm. you on and let our listeners uh, know that in Israel there's a great work going on you're involved in one of many but uh, mm-hmm. there's no greater ministry you can be involved in is letting those women know that you love them, that God's got a good plan for their life, that He really cares.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's like I said, it's one of the best, uh, best, best places I can, because it's also like, I don't know, it's not just loving them and, you know, servicing them. I think we also, the staff get very, you know, filled. And I think, you know, it's also a place, you know, I think when when you, I think it's just like when we when we position ourselves to be the hands and feet of the Lord wherever we go. It's yes, the people that we're serving are encountering the Lord through us, but I think just from us being there, we get to encounter Him, and I think that's that's why we also love what we do that's because right. it's, for us as it's, it's well, it's in a place of an encounter, encounter, of, you know, through through what we through our yeses to the Lord, we encounter Him, but also through Him reaching and touching these women, we encounter.
1: Amen. It brings us into a place with him. We wouldn't go otherwise. And so how wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would encourage, I would encourage our listeners if they get an opportunity to, uh, look up red carpet center. Is that red carpet com? Is that how you find it? It's uh, actually, it's abundantlife.org. Okay. Okay, and mm-hmm. then they're abundantlife.org. Okay, and then it's
0: there on the. Calendar. So, like I said, it's the the pro life ministry is okay. the main ministry, and then we're a branch out of that.
1: Okay, then they can find. Mean, they can actually find out a lot about all of the ministries yeah. and uh, yeah. be able to see you. And if they happen to see a video of a young girl with a white mm-hmm. uh, blouse on walking down the street talking <laughs> to some of these ladies. That is Kyra, who we are talking to. And mm-hmm. so we would encourage you to go and check it out. God is moving in Israel. He's moving all around the world. Mm-hmm. And he cares for Absolutely. his sons and his daughters. And, and uh, we thank you so much for joining us tonight and giving us this opportunity to uh, yeah. hear thank about you what God's me. doing. We loved it. And I'm I'm going to ask Jessica, I'm going to ask you to just pray a blessing over this ministry mm-hmm. that Kyra is involved in, and because we want to bless you before you leave this program tonight. Go ahead, Jessica. Dear Heavenly Father,
0: Lord, we just come before you, and we just thank you for all the work that she's doing and all the work that these women are pouring their hearts and souls into, Lord, and we just pray that you continue to bless them and that these women would just know that they're amazing and that they're loved and that you're just showing all of them, Lord, what you have planned for them. We just continue to pray that they would be receptive of
1: it and that they would come to know you, Lord. we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Until the next Mm -hmm. time at the table with Darlene, we pray that the peace of God would rule and reign in your hearts. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table
0: with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at
1: DarleneSolidRock at gmail.com Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darlene.roads.org, Also at WAWMinistries.org
0: Thanks again for joining us and at the table with Darlene.